Oh my god, this is the biggest week. I can't even believe this. We just recorded last night. We just recorded ultimate rocket roll. So, so, uh, all right. So, so, uh, welcome, uh, uh, to a special breaking news edition of rocket accelerated geek conversation. This is not a normal episode. This is something that we had to record literally as it's happening. I'm one of your hosts, Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. And I am joined by Brianna Wu. Uh, (laughs) can I use your, your official title now? Yes. Yes. I'm executive uh, director of rebellion pack. Amazing, amazing. And Simone de Rochefort, we wish she were with us, but she is uh, on a train right now. We are hoping that she will be able to send in a voice memo so we can get her take two. But ultimate rocket roll, literally, like I think before the episode even went on the feed is when this news broke, or at least the first part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's stunning because, I mean, in how how many years have we done this show? Like almost almost six. Yeah, almost six years. We have never had news so big that we had to stop and record something and do a, like one a half episode. So this is that. So tell people what's going on. What's the big news? Absolutely. All right. So the reason this is breaking news because this hits all of the rocket buttons is that massive, massive company Epic, the uh, company behind the Unreal Engine and games like Fortnite, has uh, sued Apple over its App Store policies. And because of changes that were made to the Fortnite code that went live today as we record this Thursday um, regarding in-app purchase, Fortnite has been removed from both the App Store and in the most uh, latest breaking development, the Google Play Store. Wow. So th- this is this is stunning. This is literally like Goliath versus Goliath. And, you know, we, we've talked over the years a lot about the various app store policies and, and rules and what's appropriate for Apple to take on its cut. And usually the, the companies that go up against Apple are smaller in nature. Epic is not a small company. They are a multi-billion dollar company who commands, you know, makes a tremendous amount of cash from Fortnite alone. And uh, they've in the past actually gone uh, as far as to remove Fortnite from the Google Play Store of their own volition because of in-app purchase uh, uh, requirements around how much money Google would get. But they acquiesced and brought it back. So to see Epic not only very much design their latest update to, in my opinion, get banned. Like they they made the update so they would get banned. Oh, but, I don't think there's any question. Oh, no, that. I, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just... Tell I'm, people I'm, the situation. Yeah, I'll tell people yeah. the situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but I, we've never seen anything like this. So the situation is this. Epic released an update this morning that basically said, okay, we are having a permanent sale where they have something, I guess it's called V-Bucks, which is yep. like the, like the in-app cur- um, currency for Fortnite, which you can use to, you know, buy different um, outfits or uh, moves or, you know, uh, other sorts of add-ons to improve your performance. And they basically- Well, it doesn't s- improve your performance. It's a visual improvement. It's visual. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for the question. Um, I haven't sure. played Fortnite in like two years, uh, but this is making me want to play it again. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they have um, this, this sense of currency and they basically said, hey, we're going to be running um, a permanent price change. This is not a sale where we will be cutting the price 20% if you buy directly from us. So the equivalent of like $10 worth of V-Bucks would now be $8 if you get it from Epic. Here's what they did, though, that is unprecedented. <laughs> they basically said, hey, we're going to introduce a way for you to pay using Epic Pay or, or something like that in 
iOS or Android, like within the app. So basically a pop-up would come in, you select how you want to pay, and then another pop-up comes up and you enter in your credit card information and you can buy the currency for for 20% off. Um, That's clearly a violation of both app store guidelines. And so uh, very quickly, within a couple of hours, Apple removed the app from the app store and basically said in a statement, I'm paraphrasing, that you know this is a, a, a violation of their policies. They've worked with Epic for a long time. And they look forward to trying to resolve this. Almost as soon as Apple removed the app from the App Store, uh, Epic released a teaser saying it's 1980 <laughs> Fortnite. And uh, this is so petty. I this love is it, oh, by it, the it's way. Taylor Swift oh, levels of petty. Oh, it's it's, it's amazing. It's really beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, I'm not siding with Epic on this necessarily. But right. I admire. I admire the pettiness oh, of it. Oh, oh, same, same. Like yes, honestly, yes. I'm team no one. I'm I'm team drama is what I am. Like I'm team here for the drama. But yes. to be totally clear, because like they're billion dollar companies, I don't really have a dog in in this fight. But what they did next was just amazing. So they basically released a teaser for their their next big event, and they're calling it you know 1980 Fortnite. And at the beginning of that event, they ran a video that we'll have linked in the show notes. That is a pitch perfect parody of Apple's classic 1984 Super Bowl ad, which is uh, one of the most famous advertisements of all time and was directed by Ridley Scott. And it's it's basically recreated, but putting Apple in the role that IBM was representing in that commercial. Can we talk about the art style? Because yeah. it's so beautiful. It's the Fortnite style, but even the design of the, like, uh, you know, the dear leader on TV is this Apple that looks like the creature from Monsters, Inc. What's her name? Edna. Edna, like the, yeah. The grouchy, yes, the grouchy person. And it is, it is so beautiful in its execution. And the reason I think it lands is because Apple is not this scrappy underdog anymore. Like they are part of a duopoly and we all love them on Rocket, which is why we have 10 episodes about Christina's next Mac purchase. Right, right. But it's it's accurate to say they're not exactly David in the David and Goliath story. Oh, no, no, not even remotely. I mean, and to be fair, Epic's really not either. I think most people don't understand how much money Epic makes, not just from their games, but also from uh, Unreal and also from their own app store, which, you know, slight conflict of interest there. But again, team no one. I don't care. I'm just here for the drama. So (laughs) so, uh, they they launched, you know, this video with a hashtag basically saying Apple is, you know, um, uh, unfair competition and they are are, are strangling us or whatever and and using a hashtag free Fortnite. They, they, They banned us from their store. At the same time, they also dropped a lawsuit against Apple (laughs) where they are citing the Sherman Act, which is about antitrust claims. And the lawsuit like pulls no punches. It is basically saying, you know, they they want everything. They want to have an alternative app store. They don't want to have to pay an app purchase. They want to completely redefine all the things that Apple has been doing, uh, you know, for decades and or, or for over a decade in the app store. And so it is Wow. I mean, mind blown. And then right before we jumped on this call, you know, Google made the announcement that they uh, have removed Fortnite as well. And the lawsuit did basically indicate its issues with Google as well. I don't know if the if the complaint will be amended to include Google as well or if they'll file a separate complaint. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Right. So it's it's stunning. Um, Brie, can you ever remember a time when two such big companies like this, like gotten this public of 
and brazen of, of, of like a spat? Absolutely not. And what really gets me is the premeditated nature of it. Now, yes. this is not substantiated, but I, it makes sense that this update only got through in the first place. Uh, there are rumors on Twitter from people I find credible that there was a, a kind of Uber style, if this is in Cupertino, don't show this part right. of the app update that had the, you know, the, hey, you can pay using the app store or you can pay with Epic. Uh, so you have that premeditation allegedly, which we need it to be substantiated. But what is substantiated is looking at this 1984 app, uh, ad rather, it's really high production value. Yes. Like this took someone a lot of time and a lot of money to make. And then of course the lawsuit, boom. It was it was immediately go. ready to go. Like, yeah. like like I think I it might have been you, but or someone on Twitter said something like, you know, the the um uh what's the term? The paralegal was, you know, just like looking st- standing at the internet, just like looking yep. at their computer, hitting refresh so they could yep. s- so that they could hit send on the email to file the lawsuit. Uh, yep. Bree, you know, you're you're a game developer. You've done a lot of stuff with, with 3D work. How long would you say, if you had a, a team of, of people, how long would you say like on on the assuming it went really quickly, like what's the least amount of time that it would take, do you think, to do this sort of ad that they uh, put together? That's a great question because it's using existing Fortnite characters and skins and weapons. So they started out hugely ahead because of that. But it's using an all-new set and they had to create an all-new skeletal mesh for the Apple character. Um, But along with that, they did the music and the shots. I would say this probably took a team of five probably a week if not two weeks so this is this is real work that happened here yeah that was that was like my guess not having any insight into this as I, I think I said this to me I was like this probably took you know about two weeks of work yeah. um so uh so yeah so this was as you said it, it by all appearances I mean you know I can't say this definitively but there's no way this wasn't premeditated. Like this is one of those things where uh, you don't have the lawsuit ready to go. You don't have this beautifully rendered, you know, um, campaign. I mean, you know, you had everything in place. And so, I mean, I think this is what we would call like the reverse Uno card of of kind of PR stunts. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because they went into this and I'm not going to say they entrapped Apple, but they did something they knew would get them banned. Yes. Yes, they they, they and and I think by Google too, right? Like they did something that was blatant like there was no w- wiggle room here. Like at first when I saw the just the headline, this was before the ban, I'd assumed that maybe they did something like, okay, if you're on your PC or on another console, you can buy these V-Bucks directly from, um, you know, Epic and it'll go into your account and then you can use them on your iOS or Android device, right? And that would that would potentially get into a gray area where maybe Apple would be like, oh no, you have to offer them on our platform for the same price too. But you could also kind of make the argument, they're like, no, it's credits, kind of like how, you know, I, I pay for Audible credits directly through Audible and then they show up in my Audible account and I can redeem them for whatever I want. Yeah. So that would be the sort of thing that I could see maybe there was a wiggle room. But when I saw what the implementation actually was, I was like, oh, no, this is in no way <laughs> a wiggle room. This is blatant. This is designed to break the rules. And so it puts Apple in this really tough position from an optics standpoint because on the one hand, they have to know that there's no way they come out of this looking good. Like, there's just not. But on the other hand, there's no way that you can allow something that is this blatant to go 
unchallenged, especially when we have so many years of, you know, uh, consternation over how different developers are treated and, and how, you know, arbitrary the app store rules seem. So I, I don't, I, I've been trying to think about this, like, I don't know if there was any response that Apple could have done that didn't play exactly into their hands. Oh, no. And let's be very specific about what the rules are that they broke. So first, it's priced lower than it is on the App Store, which is not legal. Uh, So for the Audible credit she designed, if there was something theoretically in the Audible app, which there's not, for you to buy it through there, that would have to be a lower or equal price than you could buy on the web or elsewhere. So it's breaking that rule because it's priced lower. And then the second way is it's uh, a second kind of uh, purchase system that is enabled in the app. So yeah, this is Epic playing hardball with Apple's rules. And unlike, say, Basecamp, this is a fight they can afford to pick. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, John John Gruber um, on Daring Fireball described this as epic playing hard mode. And, and he noted, he was like, if, if Apple wanted to play hard mode, they would need to revoke the developer certificate for Fortnite, which would basically mean that already installed copies uh, wouldn't load. And... Um, you know, uh, his uh, his response to that is, I don't think that was on the table as Apple's opening move. And even now that Epic has revealed itself to be playing hardball, it would be heavy handed to say the least. Um, and and so and and that's a great point, right? Like this is this is what I think puts Apple so against the wall here is that these are Epic is one of the only companies that has the money and the resources, and and frankly the unreliant on Apple business where they can do this. Also, Epic is not a public company. So, you know, whereas Netflix, who I I believe has the position to do this, would face backlash and maybe would have its stock price impacted, Epic's not public. So they're not going to have to deal with any of that. Um, But they also aren't reliant on iOS users. Now, it's a a non-negligible amount of money. Uh, Fortnite is one of the highest grossing games in the app store because of those in-app purchases. I'm not going to... So this is where I'm curious there, though, because I don't know, I've never seen any story that talks about how big the market share is on iOS. I think it's small. Yeah, because I would guess it's not a good experience if you've ever played it. Right. Um, Well, it's interesting. I've actually seen um, kids who can play Fortnite on an iPad who can take down like pro competitors. And these are kids wow. who who are like, you know, iPad first, right? Like they've never not had a touch screen. Uh, right. There was actually something I think I, I saw it, you know, it was, it was on Twitch or it was you know, something on YouTube. I saw it, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, but it was this amazing thing where like a pro gamer might've been Ninja or someone who like went head or somebody from FaZe who went like head to head with some kid who was playing on an iPad and you saw the kid on their iPad and what they were doing. And it was like, to me, it was like watching somebody speaking a different language because yeah. just how quickly their hands were moving, what they were doing. It was incredible. Having said that, I agree with you. I, I feel like this is a small part of Epic's market share, uh, ha- but that doesn't mean that it's negligible, right? Like it is one of the, the highest ranking apps in the app store and the amount of money that it brings in is not inconsequential for either company. It's not going to to break Epic if they don't have that revenue, right? Like, I think it would more be a people would complain, why are you not on this platform where people tend to spend money on things and and blah, blah, blah. But they're much more successful on PC and on uh, Mac and on, you know, Switch and on Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, But... I don't think it's negligible. Uh, it's not massive, though. So I think that's why they could afford to take these sorts of mobile risks, because if worst case scenario happened, 
okay, we give up this money, but it's not what's, you know, keeping us in business. And it's, it's honestly probably not what's driving growth. It's not, I, I would doubt if it was driving growth for the game. I think people forget that Fortnite was actually announced at an Apple keynote event. So just the history of Fortnite, they brought it out. It was announced originally an Apple keynote event. I don't remember which one it was, it was a game. I do remember now. And they were showing off, uh, just the advances in, uh, I believe it was a metal demo, uh, and showing that And Fortnite, people don't know this. It bombed hard for the first year. And then PUBG came out and then Fortnite introduced a PUBG ripoff mode mm-hmm. and it exploded from there. So Fortnite, the very first place you ever saw it was with them bragging about what a great experience it was with iOS metal. It's also worth saying the whole reason I went into game development is seeing Epic adapt Unreal Engine for iOS. So there's actually a really rich history of these companies working together, which just makes the drama so much better. It here really does. Top ten anime betrayal. Oh no, it is. I mean, exactly. Like you know, like uh, you know, um, uh, Ahmad is no longer my friend. Um, like this is <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like like this is this is like the the best thing. Um, you're right. I mean, Epic has historically always had a place in various Apple keynotes. You know, Unreal, when it came to iOS, was was a really big deal for a lot of people and has really, you know, kind of enabled people to to bring bigger games than people thought possible. Uh, you know, obviously, Unity, I think, is probably the most popular mobile framework, but Unreal is, is, is certainly something that people love and use. And Epic, yeah, is is a is a big player. Like, this is... That's what's so interesting about this. This is a fair fight. Like these are two Goliaths. Like these are two multi-billion dollar companies fighting over who gets the most money over something with like, let's be real, zero margin. Like, yeah. it, like this stuff is pure profit uh, for Epic because, you know, th- this this is stuff that's just, you know, like clothing and 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 special, you know, uh, accoutrements. Like probably the biggest expenses they have is the lawsuit that made them pay the dancer. Yes, the people that come up with the dancers and actually pay them some rights because animating, doing that anim set for Unreal Engine. Like I know this stuff, by the way. What it actually takes to develop this. Like you're talking about an animator in a day maybe a day and a half. So like nothing, literally nothing to develop this stuff. So absolutely. Um, I want to talk like analysis here. So uh-huh. I just want to say before we do this, you put out a tweet. It's an evergreen tweet. I 100% agree with it. Billion dollar corporations do not need you to root for them. Uh, you know, so I, I like you am on no one's side here, but the drama, but I do have an analysis of the situation, but I wanted to ask what yours was first. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of my analysis. I, I feel like this is, I don't know who's going to cave first. Like, I think my first thing was like, this is going to be a really interesting game of chicken. And this was before the lawsuit dropped. So at first I was like, oh, this is really interesting because this is a really bad optics move for Apple because, you know, on the one hand, they need to uphold the rules. On the other hand, this makes the ongoing antitrust things, both in the U.S. and abroad, more complicated. On yet another hand, you know, it doesn't look good if you're Apple for you to be able to say, we don't have, even if it's in waning interest, we you can't play one of the most popular games on our devices. And uh, especially since millions and millions of people have already downloaded the app, and at this point, you can still download it if, if you've, you know, downloaded it before. 
I don't know how in-app purchase stuff works with that. I assume it's still working. So it, it's it's interesting. Um, so yeah, so my kind of analysis of looking at is I don't know who will ultimately be the victor, but my general kind of thinking is this is really interesting to watch because like I'm not of the opinion that if Epic were to win, that it would necessarily mean that things would be demonstrably different for indie developers. That seems to be something that a lot of people are kind of glomming onto, like, oh, this will allow this change and this change and this change. I'm not that optimistic. Uh, I, I think that Epic is primarily in this for Epic and, and doesn't really care about what happens to other developers. But I do feel like Epic is one of the few parties who has the money and the resources and you know the clout to be able to actually take this sort of battle uh, to the next stage, which we we haven't ever seen anybody willing to go head to head with them before. So that's I, I guess that's kind of my my perspective. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think the fight itself is going to end up being good for developers and good for consumers, right? Because I think Apple has really been running a a very one-sided conversation for a long time and without rooting for any particular outcome here because I'm not going to cheer for Uber, for Epic to save a dollar right. on some microtransaction currency that is really a bad deal in the first place and it's kind of shady, right? Totally. But I I do think that I do think that having this question adjudicated puts pressure on Apple that could make them make better decisions here. But this is this is my 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 just plain and simple thought on this. There is so much that has changed in the world since the App Store came out. And when these these sets of rules first debuted, I saw it, and I'm sure you were with me, Christina. Mm-hmm. You read it. You're like, this is reasonable. They're trying to enforce like an Apple-y experience on, uh, on, on this brand new ecosystem. And I do feel at first there was a really good argument that this was consumer-centric and customer-centric. But a lot has changed since 2008. Uh, you know, back then... PayPal was really the king of online mobile payments. Uh, Buying apps for your smartphone was niche and weird and people didn't do it. In-app purchases were really not a thing like they are today. And I do think that this eventually was going to hit a a legal boiling point where we needed to take a fresh look at those rules and say, okay, what makes sense in 2020 for consumers and for security? And I do think that it's time for Apple to revisit that. I I do. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think that things that made sense in 2008 are not the same today. I think that the economics of a lot of things have changed. I also think that Apple's argument that they've made publicly in the past uh, is disingenuous when they try to compare this to like a a physical retail store. And they try to say, oh, well, you know, in physical retail stores, this was the percentage people would take and you'd have to pay this and this and this. That's an Apple, that's a straw man argument. Like, you know, A, people have been able to sell things independently and, and software in all kinds of ways 
you know, for, for decades and haven't had to rely on, on a physical retail store for a long time. And, and B, you know, even if, if that were true, that doesn't change the fact that progress is what it is. And yeah. it's not a physical storefront. You're not having to pay for, you know, shipping. You're not having to pay for storage and warehousing. You're not having to pay for, you know, signage and, and display space and, and, and retail, you know, uh, rent. Like there, there is just a completely different argument. You have to pay for server costs and you have to pay for, uh, you know, like in-app, you know, like payment processing. And I mean, I think you can argue that Apple should also get a cut because, of what it can do in terms of making your app discoverable and and getting new people in the door. But I think that it's a very valid thing to have a conversation about should you be paying 30%. And, and that's that's been my um, you know, kind of take on this for for a number of years. And we've discussed that before. So yeah, I do th- I do agree with you that I think that regardless of and again, I really genuinely don't have a side, um, but I, I feel like this is the sort of thing that will is yet another sign that both Apple and also Google, I should add, will have to address these sorts of complaints and potentially look at how they can modernize and adapt to to the world that we live in now. I will say, though, and I want your take on this, the one thing that I do find a little bit disingenuous about Epic's position, and to be very clear, I think the way that they are handling this from a PR perspective is brilliant, could not be better. And it doesn't even matter that this part is disingenuous and a a little bit hypocritical because to the general public, no one cares. But I do think that it's important that people understand that Epic has its own app store. And you know that the, the, what Epic would really like would be to be able to have its own app store installed on Android and on iOS, where they take the cut and they control the distribution and they control the end-to-end experience, not just for their games, but for other games too. Like to me, that is, that's really what they want is that they would, I think that if, if Epic had the ability to get anything they want in the world, they would love to have the arrangement that Apple has with all developers, except they were in Apple's position. And I think you would agree with me. We're both 100% against that on iOS. It's yeah. a security nightmare. It obviates the the security. I'm against it on Android too, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think I'm fine with people having alternate app stores. I don't feel like it should be something that, you know, Google should have to sanction and, and let you, you know, very easily install alongside something. Like, it, there's a way where you can install, you know, um, uh, sideload applications on the Android, but you have to turn off some security features to do that. Yeah. If they want to do that, that's fine. But for the Apple ecosystem, I, I just don't want it on iOS. No, I agree. And I and, but, very strongly. I, yeah. I do too. But I, I'm even saying with Google, like, if you want to do that, you have that option to turn it off. But I don't think that, that Google needs to make it an option where you don't have to turn off that security setting. That's oh, what I'm trying to say. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't so, agree more. You know, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so I, I feel like, but I but I feel like that's kind of the underlying motive. I don't know about you, maybe a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like that's part of the underlying motive. I had not thought of that. I think you're dead on, Christina. I really do. Uh, that's probably their long game because if you're, if you're thinking about why they talk the lawyers into taking this kind of risk, because let's be honest, Tencent owns, what is it, 40% of Epic? I believe and so. They're in, they're in a little bit of hot water this week because of another topic we had. Um, this is a big risk for them to take publicly, so that may be their long game. This is this is how I feel about this. I, I think, and, and tell me if you can think of one. I I think that when the App Store was starting off, 
there was a good argument for saying, okay, one payment processor, simple, trustworthy on iOS, that being the pro-consumer point of view. It was simple. It was unified. It made things easy for everyone. And I think we would all agree that we would not want anyone being able to charge anything through apps on iOS, right? Like what right. if it's some shaky software that takes your credit card number? I mean, uh, you know, I think there's a there's an extreme argument that way where it's a free-for-all. But I can't see where there's an argument that an Epic or a Google or a, an Amazon, like companies that we know to generally not be shady, you, you know what I mean, shady mm -hmm. yes. in the broadest sense, with their practices with this, I don't think there's a good argument for forcing consumers to pay that 30% cut or do this convoluted thing of going through an app store. I just, I don't think it's, there's an argument for it being a pro-consumer move in 2020. Am I, am I wrong on that? Do you think? I disagree a little bit. I would say this. I would say that if you were allowed to be pushed to a website and you were to enter in your payment information through the company's website, and if they chose to use Stripe or Braintree or PayPal or whatever payment processor they want, and you are, you know, you're taking that on, that would be one thing, right? Because within Safari, you know, you can store your credit card info and it'll autofill things for you regardless of kind of what, what site you're using. And, and even for, you know, certain apps, like for instance, you know, the eBay app lets you in the app pay for something with, with PayPal if it's attached to your account. Um, and, and that's, that's not a, an issue. And, and you can change in a lot of other apps, not for digital goods, but for other things, like you can change like what, what payment method you want to use. And obviously Apple Pay lets you select what option you want to. And I would even say, you know, uh, and I had this set up for many, many years until I got an Apple card and I wanted the 3% cash back. But for many, many years, just because my credit card number would change because, you know, somebody would would steal it or, or you know, be on some list, I have to update everything. I had it attached to my PayPal account for a really right. long time. That's how my iTunes was set up. Meaning, you know, I had that as, as a way of even doing my in-app purchases. Like it wasn't going through my credit card. It was going through uh, PayPal. So, I feel like if it took you to another person's website and they conducted the transaction there, I would be okay with it. I don't know if like the experience, I feel like one of the benefits that Apple and also Google has with kind of owning their ecosystem and whatnot is that they take on the risk for any sort of fraud stuff that happens with that account. Oh, that's a really good point. That is a good argument for it. Yeah. So so that's that's how that's why I feel like as a consumer if I'm paying for it with a different payment processor, but it's in the app, I'm I'm blaming, I'm going to Apple first, right? Like this right, is how I've always right. paid for things. And they take on the fraud risk associated with that. And so I, I, you know, I don't know if that's something that each individual company, frankly, has the resources or the ability to do, right? Like I would feel much less safe with, okay, a company just wants to use Stripe, but they're small and fledgling. And now I've got some fraudulent activity and the company is like, well, that's Stripe's deal. And Stripe is like, well, that's the company's deal. And your bank is like, well, you know, you've got to pay something else. You know, it, like that I think gets complicated. So I think that's the only reason why I would be in favor of letting the only thing that you can do like within the app itself be controlled by the vendor. Having said that, I mean, what the argument you make is probably one that if not the U.S. courts, 
the European courts will probably be looking at. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. It's a very dramatic situation, and we will, of course, be watching this very closely on Rocket. Absolutely, and and if we, if you know, uh, stay tuned for the memes. Honestly, also <laughs> sign up for this. Do you think it was a mistake for them not to have like a reality distortion um, field like event or you know like some sort of like you know uh, uh, Steve Jobs sort of dance or like a one more thing move or something? <laughs> I think leave the ghost of Steve Jobs out of this. That's okay. probably, they're already causing so much drama. Okay, that enough. would make them the villain in the drama instead <sighs> okay, of call. the good. fun instigator. Okay, in my good call. But, but maybe, yeah. maybe have some other sort of, maybe, maybe it's not Steve Jobs, but they have some sort of other like reference of a dance. Because I just feel like, right. yeah. you know, or, or, or make that Apple um, uh, character guy that they put in, like that should be, that should be a costume that you should be able to buy. How about when they come back, they're offering Steve Jobs turtlenecks, and that's I love it. That's the first thing they're doing. I, I love it. I love it. All right, Bree, uh, um, where can people find you online? Oh gosh, you can find me on Brianna Wu uh, on Twitter, where we will have nonstop coverage of this drama. If you want to support my uh, pack, uh, you can do that at helptherebellion.com. And you can find me at film underscore girl on Twitter, where I will be tweeting about this incessantly because honestly, I think this is the best internet day i can remember since the day that like there was a there were llamas loose in arizona and then later in the afternoon was when the dress thing happened best day online ever so i think that 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 is um probably the the best uh the best internet day that i can remember uh since like this is the best one since then so i would say um uh, follow me for for more updates on that and you can find simone at doom quasar on twitter and uh, if she can get us her voice memo, we will add her thoughts too, which will probably just be squealing. So uh, <laughs> if you like this podcast, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and uh, it, let us know, you know, your thoughts online about whose side you're on, Team Apple, Team Epic, or us, Team Drama. And we will see you next time. This uh, impromptu episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. <laughs>